My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. Last week, it was decided by a judge in a New York court that Donald Trump should pay $354 million to compensate for years of inflating the value of his assets, fraud and flouting basic rules of accounting and business. Personally, I'm shocked. I mean, who saw this coming? I smell another Biden deep state witch hunt. But either way, he is now on the hook for the guts of a half a billion quid, which is tough when it's now been proven you've a lot less money than you said you had in the first place. The court also ruled that the man who wants to be allowed to run the country again won't be allowed to run a hot dog stand or an Etsy shop in New York for the next three years. All week long, though, press has been awash with the projections and predictions. People like Michael Cohen are adamant, big orange lad, who has been inflating the amount of hair he has for years, can't pay his lawyers, never mind the tab at the courthouse. Is his only option to start selling grotesque Trump runners. We are going to talk to Marion McKeown about this and hopefully get some clarity. But first, Marion, President Biden has wussed out from stopping this conflict in Gaza. Am I wrong on that? Not completely at all, Charlotte. And, you know, I think that there's this sort of evolving, and I'm going to say tragedy for want of a better word, in Biden's foreign policy, in that when he became president first and the way that he initially responded to the invasion of Ukraine was so laudable and so decisive, and that seems to have unraveled, not entirely, in fact, not much to do with his fault, but from the get-go, you know, initially with Gaza, he did the right thing. He stood strong after those horrific attacks on October 7th. Uh, Anthony Blinken was dispatched to the Middle East. They, everything was done appropriately and correctly. But very soon afterwards, he missed that opportunity from the get-go to rein in Netanyahu. Mm. And the, the colossal blunder that he has made there is not... You know, to me, that the suffering, the people of Gaza are paying for this and the spinelessness, I have to say as well, with which America is behaving. And it really, you know, let's forget that even it's not even worth talking about their reputation as an honest broker in the Middle East. That's gone. That's shot. That's been gone Mm -hmm. for a long time. But the fact that Biden is doing these mealy mouths now, you know, 
I, again, I'm interrupting myself here almost, but Biden has a superb for, foreign policy team. It might not seem like that at the moment in the way things are being handled. But, you know, Jake Sullivan, Tony Blinken, these guys are really, really good at what they do. There are a whole, there's there are dozens of people, just immediate deputies under them, who are also so good at what they do, so knowledgeable and so fair-minded. And to me, you know, Biden has this, stubbornness about him sometimes and this was kind of relayed and you know guys like ben rhodes who was um obama's national security advisor have said basically you can't talk to bibi netanyahu there's no talking to this guy he is a super strong man and he'll do what he wants but i think that biden knew when i say talk biden knew that making nice with netanyahu he must have known was never going to work it was never going to work that the only thing that Netanyahu would understand would be, you know, you need leverage, that we will not sell you these arms, we will not give you these arms, we will not give you any assistance if you continue down this path. And we will not, you know, we will abstain from UN resolutions, but we won't veto them. There should have been really hard talk about all of those things. And instead, Biden and Netanyahu have these phone calls where they talk about the hostages, the hostages for 95% of the time. And and this is going on readouts. Okay, maybe less than 95%, but most of the time. And then it's at the end, there's this sort of, well, you know, we're not happy with what you're doing in Gaza. And, you know, Netanyahu is like, well, frankly, I don't give a shit um, because I'm doing it anyway. And the, the multiple ironies of this is that apart from the savagery of what's happening now in Gaza, apart from the suffering, you know, and there's where Netanyahu, you know, the US has been Israel's strongest ally forever. But the fact is that Netanyahu is a strong man. He's a far right strong man. And he is Trump's biggest ally. He is yeah. like all he wants is Trump to get back into power. You can't wait. He yeah. can't wait, and then he can really do whatever the hell he wants. Well, we here, saw how let Trump me jump in, yeah. right? Let me jump in, Marion, because when you say he's saying, "Well, I don't care what you think," yeah, they are using U.S. weapons. I mean, these exactly these are, these are the facts. Exactly. This is these bombs, these airplanes, these precision guided munitions, yeah. missiles. Everything is U.S. This is, these yeah. are not constructed in Israel. You know, you, you can not care what the opinion is, but if there's nothing on the conveyor belt, then it, it stops, right? And I know that there's ramifications for every decision that's made. There's a piece in The Guardian this week that I thought was absolutely superb. I'll link it in the info about Ronald Reagan in a very similar situation, essentially making the phone call. And saying, you've got to stop. Them saying, bugger off. And 20 minutes later, it stopped. Now, Reagan turned to an advisor, and in his memoir, he relates this, that he said, I I didn't know I had that power. Is it a case that Biden actually does not know how powerful he is, has forgotten it? Or is there something else we don't know about that's stopping that phone call or that little bit of hard man coming out? No, I don't think so. I don't think there's any sinister or unknown undercurrent. What I think there is that is that Biden, um, you know, at the risk again of stating the obvious, is an old man who's had a very 
sort of set in stone view of Israel, which a lot of American politicians share who are much younger than Biden, in fact, that you defend Israel at any cost, that Israel is right. And you, you America's absolute duty is to defend Israel at any cost, regardless of what Israel is doing. And I think that that is Biden. And he spoke often about this, about how, how visiting the, the Holocaust, visiting um, Auschwitz, the sites, the other sites, you know, um, affected him so much. And he brought his children and grandchildren there since they turned 14 to impress upon them what his father had impressed upon him about the horrors of the Holocaust. And that is all completely laudable. But what he needs to do is, it seems to me, to separate. Nobody, I think, except for the most evil people in the world, would dispute Israel's right to exist. Nobody would dispute the suffering that the Jewish people have been through. And nobody can dispute the trauma of October 7th and what happened then and the barbarity of those attacks. But you have to separate that from how Israel is behaving now, which by any objective standard is absolutely appalling. And it's not just the relentless attacks, it's the way they are stopping aid from going in every day. And I've heard um, Chris Van Hollen, who is a Democratic senator who came back, he went on a trip a couple of days ago, he had a briefing with us reporters, and he explained what they're doing. So, you know, the trucks will get to the the, the Rafa crossing, and then they'll do the inspection, they'll find one thing on a whole truck that they say, no, 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 we don't want this going in. They turn the whole truck around, take it back to the warehouse, unpack everything. And this is what they're, how they're slow walking. So mm. at a time, there used to be, what, 500 trucks going in a day into the region. Now there are 50 or 60 at a time when the need is desperate. And for Biden to be making mutterings about this, if you look at what they've done, I mean, it's piddling. You know, he has issued sanctions against four individual settlers. Where are the sanctions against those extremist ministers um, who are in, in Netanyahu's cabinet who are egging on the attacks on, on Palestinians in the West Bank? There's no talk of that. At the, behe- at the forcing of a couple of Democratic senators, they decided they were going to attach an amendment saying, no arms, nothing America sends to uh, Israel can basically be used for human rights abuses or for flouting human ta- humanitarian law. Um, and, you know, the, so now Jake Sullivan has said that there's going to be a memo, a condition which is going to control in, for all U.S. arms exports. And you'd ask why this couldn't be done before, that any exports will be conditional upon allowing humanitarian aid into conflict zones and other things. But this is basic. This is 101 stuff, you know. And the fact is that Biden has been, you know, playing softball with Netanyahu pretty well since this started. And spare me the, you know, leaks about him calling him a, you know, a jerk or an asshole. That isn't saving any lives. That isn't ameliorating any suffering. That's Biden pretending he's being tough when he isn't. And his policy, I really think, on this, he's on the wrong side of history. You yes. know, 32,000 people are, have died and exactly, suffering yeah. is horrific. The, so, yeah. the, the, so two things I love about the writer of this piece in The Guardian, again, that I'll link, is he cites the example of May 2021 when Israel bombed uh, the strip for 11 straight days, killing more yeah. than 100 Palestinians, including 66 kids. And over the same time period, Hamas and other Palestinian groups fired 4,000 rockets into Israel, killed 14 civilians. Now, Biden gets on the phone. This is in May, just for the listeners. This is yeah. May 2021. 
With the violence between Israel and the Palestinians now in its second week, President Biden in a call with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu signaling a change in course. For the first time, according to the White House, expressing support for a ceasefire, working with Egypt and other allies to make that happen. And Netanyahu says we need to accomplish more. And Biden's words were, no, we are out of runway. It's over. And two days later, a ceasefire was announced. Now, whether that is attainable here, if we set aside, oh, he was so horrified by October, where is his horror now? Where is it now? Just the fight, Marion, even to Mm -hmm. get in the fight is valuable. (laughs) Like what if this guy is a Trump guy? What the fuck do you have to lose from getting in a row with them over this? Well, and and the, the even worse than that, he's enabling him. The only way, the only reason Netanyahu is still in power, because let's not forget after October 7th, 70, 80% of Israelis wanted him gone. The only reason he's still in power is because he's prosecuting this war. So a bit like Trump, you know, running for president to stay out of prison, Netanyahu, who also has corruption and likely prison (laughs) ahead of him at some point, is hanging on, is prosecuting this war in a large measure to stay in power because the only way he can stay in power as prime minister, he realizes, while he's got a war cabinet and while he's a war minister. And, you know, and, you know, just to give an inkling to the gang out there about how close the, the Trump and Netanyahu friendship is, Jared Kushner's father, also interestingly convicted criminal, um, uh, although let, to be clear, to be clear, there, you know, neither Trump nor Netanyahu have been convicted yet, but they both face very serious corruption charges and other charges. Uh, So um, basically, um, when Netanyahu used to come to America on visits, he would stay in the Kushner family home. You know, he was that close a friend. That tight. they They are that tight. And so for, you know, and let's not be naive and think that people aren't looking through, and Biden isn't looking at this through the prism of the 2024 election, what has he got to lose? Does he really think that Yahoo is going to support him, you know, again yeah. over Trump? This guy is a strong man. He's a right-wing strongman thug. He's right in Trump's wheelhouse. So why Biden is so myopic and, and so spineless, in my view, as to not take this guy to task? And, you know, again, they even if Biden just abstained from that UN um, resolution, even, you know, even if they, they, like, as Britain did, even if he, you know, there are so many things that he could be doing that he's just not doing. And it's going to have really serious consequences. And one, you know, one glaring example is Michigan, where the Michigan primary is happening next week. Now, what's that? There is at the moment... About uh, there are about five hundred thousand registered voters in Michigan who are either Muslim or who are of African, um, Middle Eastern descent. Okay, so okay. Uh, in in um, twenty twenty, Biden won Michigan by about one hundred and fifty four thousand votes. There are about ten million registered voters in total. No, about about seven million registered votes in total. Then and that was considered to be quite a high margin because they got out the Arab community then to vote because they were so appalled by Trump. Now, this time around, for Biden to win in 24, he has to win Michigan. There's literally almost no way around it because he's probably not going to take Georgia this time. He's probably not going to take Arizona. Michigan is a must-win state for for Biden. And so the problem for Biden here is that that, um, if the Arab community stay home, 
you know, that's all they have to do is just stay home in 24 and and he's in big, big trouble. And for the primary, they're promoting a campaign of instead of voting for Biden, saying uncommitted. You know, we're uncommitted because, yeah. you know, and, and there's also a big move amongst the Arab community there to say, no, we're not voting for Biden. Look what he has done. Look how he has betrayed us. So he's in he's in really big trouble at home. He's losing huge numbers of young Americans and he's losing a lot like guys like Chris Holland, you know, Chris and Holland there. These are solid Biden guys and they are publicly moving away from him. You know, th- this is and but as well, you cannot afford to show weakness. At the moment, he looks weak. He looks like Netanyahu's kicking him around the yard, like he's bending over for Netanyahu saying, how much do you want? How much do you want? And Netanyahu is taking and going, now, now, you know, just get lost. And one of the other things Biden did that I don't understand, and I also don't understand why he can't do it for Ukraine, is uh, in the past uh, two months, you'll say, Biden has twice, twice, circumvented Congress and gone around the houses to avoid getting authorization to send, in one instance, $147 million worth of munitions and and military aid to Netanyahu. On another occasion, it was about $106 million. So that's a quarter of a billion dollars of aid that he sent around the houses, as I say, avoiding um, congressional, you know, whatever way he did it, um, basically ducking to make sure that Netanyahu could get arms it, while, you know, this 14 million in aid was held up. Now, to me, why can he give authorization? This was a question I put to the NSC for, how, why can he do this for Israel, but not for Ukraine? You know, mm-hmm. if, if you're going to be, but why is he doing it for Israel in the first place? You know, why is he, why is he abandoning any leverage he has? I, I really don't understand yeah. it. And as I said, all of this is in the context that not to forget why this started and not to forget that it was Hamas that, you know, is essentially largely responsible for the suffering of their own people. And, you know, and it's, but it it's so appalling to see Biden, as I say, look like he, like America is weak and America then at the Munich conference as well, you know, in, in Kamala Harris is standing on stage telling um, Zelensky, we stand with you, we stand with you. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Show me the money. You know, mm-hmm. like these mm-hmm. words of, they're empty words without the support to back it up. So Biden... Yeah, on, and on the, there is a crisis on the ground. Yeah. yeah, and the crisis on the ground is the one that, you know, would keep you awake at night. And I don't know what it does to you, Marion, or how you manage to switch off from some of the horror of all of this, but it's the idea that you know this pussyfooting around and yeah. shite talking about this, that, and the other—it's like it's, it's Bob Geldof territory of there's kids dying now. This isn't yeah. down the road. Like there won't yeah. be people to protect soon. Like it's it's happening right now, yeah. and they're being wiped out as we speak. So the longer you delay them, the literally the more you are playing into their hands because that is the chilling stuff that Netanyahu comes out about of smashing things and continuing to smash the smithereens of things. Uh, it, I don't know. Well, at this point, he's he's bombing rubble. Like, you know, yeah. Israel has actually destroyed 
over 80% of the buildings in, in um, Gaza, including, you know, homes, people's homes, uh, the, the infrastructure has been just shot to hell. There are fewer than one in five hospitals still even barely functioning. You know, they're, they're like the, the WHO, all the aid organizations are warning of famine that, you know, disease is spreading all over Rafa. This is an acute humanitarian emergency. It could not be more urgent. So again, as I say, this, you know, toing and froing between Biden and Netanyahu and, they're, you know, they're telling us they've had 24 phone calls since October. Well, so what? So Who what? Nothing's yeah. coming up, you know? Uh, so uh, it's, it's really, really, um, it's heartbreaking because you, and then you wonder is, and this is something again that I, I put during a press conference is, is there a number at which Biden will say this is enough? Is there a mm, number of deaths? Yeah. You know, what's, what, what's, is it enough what's to get enough? to a hundred? Yeah. What will constitute enough? And mm. because, the, as I say, at the moment, um, Netanyahu will give America no inkling of what the day after will look like, no inkling of when they intend this war to end, or if no inkling if there is an exit strategy, if there is an end game. And and all they're saying is, well, we're putting a buffer zone around this whole area. And yes, by the way, it will eat into to Gaza territory, not Israeli territory. And, you know, we're going to make sure that we control security, you know, as, as they keep saying, the you know, the whole way the, from the West Bank right through to Gaza. So basically, they're giving nothing. They're giving nothing. And, they, they, you know, and yet America is, by doing what America is doing, is enabling precisely what Netanyahu wants to keep doing. Well, let's move on to Donald Trump yes. and okay. what is taking place here. This situation must be so tiring for Americans and particularly for those that regard it as a distraction from the crisis that is taking place in Gaza and also in Ukraine. Because, Marion, this guy now, he's unraveling, in my opinion. He's starting to really kind of revert to the the previous brand, Trump. My father built the skyline of New York City, and this is the thanks he gets? It's like he's reverting to type. You You tell me. Am I right on this? The, the, the sneakers, the cologne, the showing up at sneaker con, uh, some of the batshit crazy stuff that's coming out of his mouth now, he really does sound an awful lot like the shill who was selling steaks and ties and Trump University. Uh, is the mask falling? Is Are we seeing a change taking place? And is there a residual fatigue that, could make this election a bit more of a foregone conclusion than the clickbait that's out there would let you think? Um, no, I actually disagree with the premise that Trump has, um, Trump has never changed. Trump, this is, there's okay. a complete through line here from Trump okay. stakes and Trump vodka and Trump airlines and Trump football teams and Trump university and Trump water. There's a complete through line here. He's doing what he's always done. You know, when he, when he gets into a bit of a financial scrape, he looks around for some piece of tat to throw his name on in a licensing deal. And you know, the astonishing thing is, Jarlis, okay, let's, let's look at the numbers here, right? Every day, the accruing interest on Trump's fines and and um, damages awards on on 
is $87,502. That's oh, the shit. interest that's going on to this. That's a lot of sneakers, even in one day. That's a lot of crap sneakers. Yeah. So at the moment, okay, so uh, the judge, Judge Arthur Engren, ordered Trump to pay $355 million and change in fines. Right. Now, there's already a penalty, an interest penalty attached to that, which is $99 million. So that straight away brings it up to $455 you know, million. Now, in the meantime, you have $88.5 million that's owing to E. Jean Carroll. There's also interest attaching to that. Now, yep. so and overall, and his legal fees, which this, a couple of super PACs seem to have been taking care of them, which I don't think is legal. But anyway, we'll get yeah. into that. And what a but, terrible super PAC to be involved in. If that's I know, where really. your money is going. Go there, ahead. And there, there are two of them. But so Trump owns at the moment, just from these two cases, well, there were two E. Jean Carroll cases, so three cases. Just from these cases, he owes 545 odd billion a day, which is increasing every day by almost another 100,000. So this is crazy money. You know, even if you're as allegedly rich as Donald Trump says he is, even let's, let's just accept that he's worth 2 billion. That's 25% of his net worth wiped out in two court cases, you know. Uh, so um, I, I find it staggering. Now, there is, of course, and, and this is, again, is where the risk is, if I were some very rich Saudi prince or if I were some strong man who um, is looking over at this, you know, a Kim Jong or let's just say a Putin and thinking, I could have this guy. If I just pay off this piddling half a billion, you know, which let's face it, oligarchs and, and Saudi princes can come by. They wrote a check for Jared Kushner uh, for yeah. two billion for doing nothing um, on the way out the door. You, you know, as a pay to play, as a way, if you want to have the US president over a barrel, you know, and in your pocket and all the rest. This is not that much. So this to me as a national security concern would make Trump uniquely vulnerable if he were re-elected. Having these kind of catastrophic debts and having, as we know, no moral qualms about how he discharges them whatsoever. So I don't think... Right, that's one no, option, right? Yeah. So you get a, a rich uh, Saudi lad to, to pay yeah, things off. For the the next option is to sell yeah. some shit, right? You said sell the sneakers, make the collapse. When yeah. does he get to the point of selling Trump Tower, Mar-a-Lago? Well, you know, we and we will get right to that, but the sneakers, for that humiliation, for that self-abasement, even if, let's say, all thousand pairs of those appalling gold flashy sneakers were sold, um, that would have generated him, let's, and let's say he got 75%, let's say he got 300 a pair, you know, because God knows they didn't cost much to make. Um, but even with that, that he got 300 grand for that level of ridicule and humiliation. Yeah. God, you know, it was pretty your, bad. If people haven't seen the sneaker con video, maybe I'll throw a little clip of it in. And the jeers and the jokes. And the, yeah. and, but and also, Marion, where were yeah. the sneakers made? It has to be asked. He's all about bringing... Yeah, made China. <laughs> Where China, everything made, the, everything. where the China virus came from, <laughs> but all of Trump's chat, like you know, I've like every event and CPAC's on this weekend, another orgy of 
tackiness and, and you know, Trump stuff, that overpriced junk that will be on sale there. But when I go to CPAC, everything there is either made in China or made in Taiwan. Everything. There isn't a single Trump thing that's made in America. But that's that's a long established fact. But but so to get back to, so all of these costs, all of this money, the sneakers ain't going to cut it. They're not going to cut it. And neither is that god-awful cologne with sense of whatever it is, bravery and assertion and all the rest. But this is just par for the course of Trump. He's making at the moment probably about 26 million a year from various licensing things where he says, okay, you can put the name Trump on your tacky golf course in the United Arab Emirates and give me a million and we'll call it quits. And he had a lot of those deals. Now, you know, a lot of people have been in country like Canada has, you know, Toronto, Vancouver, Panama, all these places, America, New York, Washington, D.C. They're all taking down the name Trump from buildings because it actually is lessening their value. And we've seen that mm-hmm. all over New York. Um, and but they're putting they the only place the brand is still seeing as being valuable is in the Middle East, basically, where they like a lot of blame. You know, and it's true. Like, you know, if you look at Middle Eastern palaces and the very rich, the, the homes of the very rich, you know, the, 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 the Saddam Hussein types, etc., they like a bit of bling. It's something Trump shares with them. So that's the only place now that the Trump ban, brand seems to be of value. So he's gone from making about 60, 70 million a year in licensing deals to maybe about 25 million a year. So this whole train is going south as well. Anyway, so to get back to your question, Charlotte, finally, yeah, I options, think, right? Next, uh, what's option. he going to sell? Yeah. What's he going to sell? Uh, apparently, even if he sold Trump Tower, there's already a lot of debt on it, uh, about 100 million. He, it would probably only generate about 60 million. And one of the complications with selling all of his properties is while he's saying, oh, they're worth 690 million here and whatever there, a lot of them are co-owned. A lot of them have, you know, liens or mortgages or whatever on them. Mm. So he probably have to sell a lot of stuff to raise that money is basically the answer. Right. Well, let me ask you this then, because this is the real fun bit, because we've read countless books. We've talked about each and every book and each and every person that he's stiffed over the years, including Michael Cohen, uh, the ability to uh, delay and, you know, oh, I'm not here. Don't answer the phone. Tell him I'm not home. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) That's his speciality. Like if there is a Trump university, really some of the skills and the abilities to finagle your way out of paying bills would be right up there on the list of uh, (laughs) qualifications that you get as a result. He's king of that. Whatever about being the art of the deal, this man has managed to finagle his way out of paying an awful lot of money over the years, which makes me wonder, can he do it this time? Can he David Blaine his way out of half a billion owing and in that way show people that he has bigly brain I am smart. This is me again being a genius. Or is it the case of the court is going to be like, fuck you, pay me? Oh, no, he's got to pay this. Now, the only the only possible um, escape hatch for him is, and, and again, just to explain this very briefly, if you get an award against you, so the 88 million Eugene Carroll, you know, are the, are the 355 plus the 199 mm. in interest. If you want to appeal those, you have to lodge that money with the Supreme, with the, the appeals court first, because the appeals court do not want in civil cases you to drag out paying, drag out paying, go, well, I'm appealing this, I'm appealing this, and you can appeal it for years. And meanwhile, the person who was the 
was given the award, the plaintiff, um, you know, is is still hanging on waiting for the payment that's rightfully theirs. So if you want to appeal a case, you have to put the money up front. You have to lodge that money with the court so that if you lose your appeal, the court goes, okay, you lost your appeal now. Here you go, E. Jean Carroll. Here's your money. We have it here for you. And here you go, Letitia James. Here's your money. We have it here for you. So Trump has to lodge that money. He has to find that money in the next 30 days and in much in the next two weeks in the E. Jean Carroll case, um, he's got to find a way of handing that money to the court. So what he can do in the meantime is, as I say, he can get a loan. <laughs> and whoever would loan Trump $540 billion, good luck to them. They can loan me some money while they're at it. Uh, they would clearly be, let's just say, naive at best, because he doesn't have a great track record, as you just pointed out, on repaying loans. So he could get a buddy to stump up in the meantime, um, he could go to a bond agency, but Trump um, is not a good bond bet. So they could they would charge him between 10 and 20 percent of the total bond, which would be between 54 and 108 million. Now, that is not refundable. OK, so that yeah. means that win, lose or draw. Trump does not get that money back. That's money that he would have to put and 108 million non-refundable to a bonds man is is kind of a big chunk of change, even for the alleged multi-billionaire Donald Trump. So he's in a very immediate pickle now Mm. and declare bankruptcy because that doesn't matter if he declares bankruptcy. The, the court, this this is going to get priority. These, you know, legal debts get priority. So the court's going to go, yeah, fine, you know, sell it all off, you know, stick up a fire sale sign, but we're getting first dibs on the money. And um, yeah. so at one way or the other, so what he could do, the only way he could string it out would be not to appeal. Because if he doesn't appeal, he can, and even then, you can be damn sure Letitia James and the New York sheriffs and the bailiffs will all be going around to Trump Tower very, very quickly. You know, because then, you know, certain, he could delay, there would be more actions that would be needed to orders of enforcement, all that kind of thing. But then, you know, he forfeits the right to appeal and he's saying, okay, you know, I'm basically this money is owed. He's acknowledging by not appealing that the money is owed. So he's basically in a big bloody mess. And they did set up a GoFundMe as well for Trump for his for his legal fees, which frankly isn't doing that well. Funny (laughs) that. (laughs) It's but it shows a fatigue Mm. with um, even Trump's base, even the most loyal people, it's like they, they're being asked to put their hand in their pocket again. It's again, like, oh, yeah. like more legal and, fees, uh, more uh, crap, uh, more, you know. And and so people are getting weary. And apparently he's lost about 200,000 people from his donor base, which is kind of big. I get a sense, one that, and, and this is from having seen him on the primary trail, and God knows it was Lincoln, you miss him up in, in Iowa and New Hampshire. Um, and from the whole thing is, Trump has shrunk. He's now, and, and he's actually interestingly shrunk physically as well, which a lot of people are putting down to Ozempic and a good girdle. But, but um, <laughs> he's, you know, his base, like they still turn out, they're still fiercely committed, but there are fewer of them. It seems to me now CPAC this weekend again, and um, this, which is just a big pro Trump orgy at, you know, at this stage, uh, they're off, they were offering to give away tickets at, 20% of the the price they were looking for originally because they just aren't selling. I, yeah. Last year, I was out of the place was half empty. So even though they've got all of the right-wing Tom Thumpers and Matt Gaetzes and Marjorie Taylor Greens and they're all gone there, but, but you know, his base is holding, but it's not expanding. Mm. Well, Marion, we've got problem. way more to talk about. I don't want to... Uh... 
uh, miss out on a little bit of CPAC chat because I know my <laughs> favourite British tri- Prime Minister, Liz Truss, made that an appearance. Right. Now, people will know I love Liz Truss because, she, to, for me, uh, the antithesis of Don, Donald Trump, she was the most honest British politician we've seen in years because she honestly didn't know what the fuck she was doing and she couldn't hide it. It was all <laughs> over her face. Absolutely love this woman. Can't wait to hear how she got on there. Uh, but that's it for our free episode here on the free platforms. You need to come over to Patreon. Join us over there um, for the full extended cut each week. There's a further 30 minutes of chat and more deep dive into the big stories, including ruling coming out of Alabama about whether an embryo is actually a human being and what the hell that could mean for the coming months and years. Also, Nikki Haley is attracting thousands of donations from people who gave Biden money in 2020. We need to talk a bit more about that. I will, of course, this weekend be in Nace, Ennis and Nace again on Sunday. All those shows are sold out, but there's a few tickets left for Radlett. Uh, Cardiff and of course London a massive massive show in London at Shepherd's Bush Empire Uh, a few tickets left there for the top balcony love you guys to come along Uh, but if not pop over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad to hear the rest of our chat you have the cameras rolling this is America a lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years you encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.